You're listening to Contesting Wrestling, Minisode 29... Eight. 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 The, the nine of before nine. We should really check beforehand I will sometime. never check. I have it written down in my notes which one I, it is. I will never come to the Minisodes prepared. <laughs> no, actually, that's not true. That's the true least of all this time, listeners. Uh, we are reflecting... Yeah on our uh, episodes about WrestleMania 36 and then our premium episode about... It was episode 27. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of numbers. A lot of numbers. Keep up. Keep I up, was, listeners. I was told there would be no math. <laughs> <laughs> it's more. It's like Sudoku. A lot of numbers, but there's no math. Oh, um, and then uh, if you are a, a new listener, uh, these minisodes are uh, brief reflections on corrections and omissions from our episodes during the week and also discussions of things happening in wrestling or the world at large over the course of the last week. So this time we have a specific match that we watched just for the mini-sode at Evan's request because several times I had mentioned how mentioned how much I disliked this match in contrast especially to the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match and other cinematic wrestling matches. Uh, And this was the match between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, the um, so-called Rebel Heart versus the Black Heart, one final beat. That was on the April 8th episode of... That's what they called NXT this? television. Yeah, the final beat. Yes. So this was supposed to be the very end of the years-long feud between Ciampa and Gargano, which we've covered in a previous premium episode. This is finally the big payoff for the whole feud. And instead of waiting until, you know, normalcy resumes and they can have a crowd again, they were like, no, let's get it done now. So the idea was to do this cinematic style match, not just the straight up wrestling in front of no crowd in the normal performance center arena. And when they announced it, it sounded like it might be a kind of cool thing. Um, Triple H was like, all right, guys, since you really want to end this, we're going to rent you a building an empty building somewhere and we're going to give you the address and we're going to send a ref there just to count one, two, three, and we're going to send a camera and that's going to be it. And so I was expecting this very like DIY looking thing, which would be inappropriate given that was the name of Gargano and Champa's tag team in like a rundown looking warehouse. But no, what do we get? We get something that's obviously in a studio with Triple H there at the beginning, even though he said he wasn't going to be Triple H has to stick his ass directly into it. And we got a match that was just the most profoundly boring thing I have ever seen in wrestling. And goddamn, I've seen some boring wrestling before. Mm. The original broadcast with commercials went a whole hour of this fucking match. In which I think there were like three minutes that I was found slightly compelling. I cannot imagine watching this for an hour. I started watching it, quickly realized... All right, because here's the thing. You had described it as... um, And I think in passing, you weren't making a big point, but you described it in passing as, oh, you know, if 
what happens when you just shoot a wrestling match cinem- like a movie or what happens when you shoot a wrestling match yeah. cinematically. That was a lot of it. Yeah. And I think that what I pictured when you said those words was not accurate because I, I okay. was on, I, in my head, I think, I don't know what I was actually expecting going into this, but I think that I had this, idea of like i don't know like a really well shot like you know like a professional like a a real cinematographer like shooting this in like long sweeping black and white shot you know what i mean like i don't know i didn't fucking picture this like something like an artfully done kind of yeah yeah. i uh and not uh this which with Within that's the thing. I still think I still want somebody to try to do that because maybe it will work and maybe it'll be stupid. But somebody needs to give it a shot. This was bad, and within you're gonna need better performers for it. Though, oh yeah, because these two guys just I don't know. No, like no, they're I know. in in the context of pro wrestling, it's fine. Well, they do a really good job, as we saw. Well, you know? these guys, like especially Gargano, they're like. It's such a modern breed of pro wrestler where he's really good at playing a pro wrestler as opposed to playing a tough guy or a sports guy or a winner or a competitor. He plays a pro wrestler. When we saw the empty arena match with uh, Terry Funk, he came off as a madman. Johnny Gargano came off as I'm trying to play a madman, which he's not the first thing that, okay. So, Here's what happens. Triple H cuts a promo about how this is it. Brings in, you know, Drake is in charge. Drake Wirtz, noted former deathmatch co- uh, wrestler turned NXT referee comes in. And then these two guys run at each other. They throw working punches that don't look like they could break the surface of water at each other that neither of them sell. And I know it's kind of an old fashioned complaint, but if you've just punched me in the face six times and I'm not moving, your punches suck. And if I'm doing the same thing to you, my punches suck. And you're trying to convince me that this is going to be violent. And that immediately killed the atmosphere for me. And especially this is a movie, yeah. right? Like your facial expressions, your reactions are what we're looking right. at. You know? but no, and instead of and that, they, it's them just continuing to like mutter the same three or four lines at each other. Like they would be doing if there was a large crowd screaming and they were trying to get you to hear one or two words over the din of it, but it just didn't work in all this. And they're insulting each other. It's like, I don't care. We talked about this with like the regular matches in front of no audience, like just, yeah, hearing them insult each other and also like all the grunts and groans, but with without the backdrop of the crowd noise is just kind of off putting. Yeah. And yeah. Not interesting at all. It's 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 akin to like hearing people work out where it's just sort of yeah. it, it feels a little like personal. <laughs> right. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's just within within 90 seconds. I was like, oh, no, I've made a mistake. This sucks. Doc, I watched Doc, a total you know of like what... six minutes of it. Oh, yeah. you only watched six minutes? I, well, I, I, um, I fast forwarded through. I would like fast forward through a bunch. And then I would be like, really? Like they're doing this now? Yeah. And then fast forward through a bunch and be like, that's all that has progressed. Like it was right. I couldn't believe how long it was. Well, that's one of the biggest problems. It's it moved so slowly. The one part I actually liked was when they're on top of the truck, the like 18 wheeler, <laughs> yeah. 
out back because that looked dangerous, that did right? Look dangerous, like, yes. I would, I would be scared shitless fighting someone on top of a truck like that uh, that I could fall off of. Um, it, Doc, do you know what TJGW means? No, I was wondering that, was on that Gargano's T-shirt. I was t-shirt? wondering that the whole time myself. I did not see the previous episode of NXT. Perhaps he explained it. TW maybe I looked it up I I couldn't figure it out hey listeners what the fuck does TJGW mean yeah please tell us because they didn't explain it to us because they also opted not to do commentary over the match and again wrestlers like Gargano and Kiampa are trained and have had all of their wrestling done aimed at a video release with commentators so when you take that away it just emphasizes the grunts and stupidity of the rest of it like, I really liked Randy Orton and Edge, who also went 40 minutes with no crowd. But they did have commentary. Yeah, it was WrestleMania. They were talking. Yeah. It was WrestleMania. And and they also, they battled in all these different locations in the Performance Center. They did some interesting stuff. They're compelling right. characters in and of themselves. So, yeah, this was sort of the the, the really bad version of that. It wasn't me. like the, the sixth worst... main event match they've had over the last two years. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. And that's the thing is they did pretty much the same shit they do in all their other matches. Uh, But the worst thing of all to me, and this is uh, this goes back to the point that Jim Cornette made about the cinematic matches was and, and the point he said, you know, a lot of people compare wrestlers to stuntmen, but wrestlers are in a sense better than stuntmen because they do it in front of a live audience in one take. But there's a move in this fucking match where um, Ciampa does, like, some people call it the air raid crash or the schwein or whatever it is. He, he does this move to Gargano off the top rope to the outside on the floor. But they shoot it in three different cuts, three different shots. You see them on the top, you see them falling down, and then you see them land on the floor. So it makes me disbelieve that they actually did that spot. I don't think they did. It's an incredibly dangerous and like devastating spot. And I don't believe that they did it. I think they used the fucking magic of cinematography to make it look like they did. And fuck, that's not pro wrestling. (laughs) It's a shame they couldn't use the magic of cinematography to make it interesting to watch. They they could have used the magic of editing to cut half of it out and then it might have been better. Yes. Once again, again, it falls under the category of like i i feel like i you know it's once again they're in new york or at least they're in oh wait no they're in florida they're Next in florida. is in florida but they i mean have i guess a gigantic f- studio there i just feel like they don't they're not hiring people who know what they're doing like there's a lot of fucking people out there who like know how to shoot things and know how to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I guess I'm my, obviously my perception of that is skewed living in New York, but right. yeah, they yeah. have, they have people that are used to shooting a live audience based entertainment product and they haven't been yeah. able to hire a whole new team over the last month because of the pandemic. True. True. The other thing is, fired a bunch and of this, people. this goes, speaks to something that we talked about really at the beginning of doing this podcast when Evan was complaining about why wrestling matches have to be so long or why there has to be a bunch of filler on the card. Like, I think we were talking about that in the context of the, um, Brett, Brett Hart and his brothers against Shawn Michaels and the Knights Mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, and in this case, I think, you know, they're like, Oh, it's this huge main event match. 
it's the, it's the end of the feud. Let's give it an hour. Yeah. And they might have decided that before they ever shot it. And so they couldn't cut it down because they needed to fill an hour of TV time. That is... That they had set aside for that this. That is thing. one of the pitfalls of, of, uh, of television production. You know, one of the, the biggest business reason why the WWE has not shut down is because they are committed to delivering a certain amount of live programming to Fox over the course of the year. And if they do not deliver that much programming for live primetime time slots, their contract is invalidated, and that's their single biggest source of revenue, and all of a sudden Fox won't give them literally hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, and that's just the business end of all that. Now, more to your point, Ben. Uh, I like the uh, the time years ago when they were doing the big interaction with Daniel Bryan and Kane. And this was like on Monday Night Raw. Now, Monday Night Raw is a live show. And anyone who's done live television knows, like, once you're in front of the camera, you got to fill the time you got because it's live. There's nothing else. And they um, they had the two of them. They had the fans vote on what was going to happen. Uh, and it was like, I can't remember the exact choices, but it was two different, like, violent kinds of wrestling matches. And the third choice was, instead of wrestling, they'll hug it out. Uh, yeah, right. And right, the right. fans, the WWE thought that the fans would go the violent route. And they blocked off, like, ten minutes or eight minutes for a segment immediately following the vote for a match. And the fans voted for hug it out. So... And, and this is the like, correct choice. Yeah. So it very much was. So they 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 announced the decision. They turned to Kane and Daniel Bryan, who was ready to go to the ring. And they were like, all right, you guys have to go to the ring and hug. You have eight minutes to fill. Go. And they had they filled all eight minutes. They couldn't not. They couldn't just come to the ring, hug each other and leave. They drew it out. And they ended up being a tag team for most of the next year and a half. It was great. Did, it was an did awesome segment. For eight I mean, minutes. Well, no, they're such incredible performers, they stall. Yeah. The whole thing is like, oh, I don't really want to hug you. Oh, I don't really want, oh, I don't want to do this. And they yeah. they were, they're compelling enough performers right. that they made that interesting for they eight slowly minutes. Before the big, you know. Um, the hug. Like the payoff of it was they finally hugged now, at the now, very Physically end. speaking, they started at opposite corners and they slowly moved at each other until in the middle of the ring they finally hugged. And that could be a really boring segment, but the two of them were so good they had the crowd really wanting them to do it. And so that when sure, they finally sure. did it, the crowd popped huge. But that's the art of that. Some say that's the art of yeah, wrestling I mean, matches is trying to get the most out of the least to preserve your own body anyway. We've seen several matches recently yeah. that directly contradict that. <laughs> including this one, I might add. Um, yeah. yeah, so before we get completely off of Gargano and Chiampa, like, I thought the finish was stupid, too. Like, uh, Candice LeRae turns heel, like, Gargano was yeah. already heel. She, she's like, oh, I'm going to kick him in the nuts. And then it turns out he's wearing a cup. And it's like two things on the nut shot. First of all, yeah, you know, it hurts a lot when you get kicked in the nuts. But it doesn't hurt more than, like, a bunch of the super violent spots they were doing. It wouldn't incapacitate right. you anymore to get pinned for that. Secondly, that's not how a cup works. And everybody that's ever worn a cup knows it does not render your testicles invulnerable. If somebody kicks you in the nuts <laughs> when you're wearing a cup, then they're just kicking you with the cup. That's all. I will say, yeah, I will say on the cup yeah. thing, the, the one good thing that came out of that is... Gargano and LeRae did a promo from their yeah. home 
on this week's NXT where they're like eating dinner and they have the cup in a glass case on the <laughs> dinner table. Good. Well, that's the other thing. Nobody involved in this like sucks. Like I'm not I'm not the right, biggest fan right. of Gargano, but I get it. He's a, he's a very good performer. I like Tommaso Ciampa a lot. Turning Candice LeRae heel is an interesting experiment. She's very good. But this match, just all the ingredients, it's like, you know, you took a big big bowl of ice cream and then you poured a bunch of ketchup on it. And like it was bad. It was just bad. Yeah. I take it there's not a lot of cup wearing in wrestling, right? I imagine it kind of gets in the way. A lot less than you'd think. Yeah. yeah. What you wear? You want to wear compression shorts more than you want to wear like an athletic cup. Mm. Yeah. I wore a cup when I was doing karate, and we would do like sparring, yeah. uh, and it was very uncomfortable, and it definitely reduced mobility. Though I was very glad that I mm-hmm. had it on, and I know firsthand that yes, getting kicked in the nuts even while wearing a cup does yeah. hurt because i had a fight with this little kid or a match with this little kid uh he was shorter than me and we come up we we, we, we square off and he walks right up and kicks me right in the nuts <laughs> yeah that was the whole thing and he, I mean, he was disqualified obviously. obviously and they made him kneel in they made him kneel in shame but uh <laughs> still got kicked in the nuts it's like it can protect your testicles and like look hey organs, if it's but it doesn't make it not hurt yeah uh, go on evan look if it's self-defense, I mean that is the best. That is the best way. If you're actually trying to win a fight with somebody, that yeah. is that should be your opening right, move. Right. If you can get to it, yeah. Anything else about this match, Evan? I got nothing else about this match. Since I, I have I'm now sorry. watched it twice, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I brought it up. I thought In its I thought it would be like interesting. That. You're pro- you even when hating on it, you still made it sound interesting. That's the power of your love <laughs> okay. of wrestling. That's fandom, man. Go. That's yeah. fandom. Yeah. You know? I'm glad it's over. They can both move on to other things, although they probably won't. They'll just continue to feud forever. On the contrary, we were talking about how, um, you know, AJ Styles really wasn't the right choice for the Boneyard match, like if that was the plan to begin with. People have been calling for this match for years, and I think it would work perfectly as a cinematic match given the limitations of the two guys. Undertaker and Sting. Oh, yeah. They should do like Boneyard oh, yeah. style. Sting, who's who's too old and injured to have a real hard hitting wrestling match, could totally have like a Boneyard match style cinematic match where he doesn't actually have to punish his body. And by the nature of like his mystique and character, it'd be cool. He could bring a vulture, maybe. Like, yeah, I dig it. Yeah. I am looking forward to the spectacle that will be Money in the Bank, honestly, where. All yeah. of the people in Money in the Bank, once again, it's not just going to be a match in a ring with a ladder and a briefcase. It, the movie like pitch is basically they're going to start at the ground floor of the WWE office building and fight all the way up to the roof, which is where the ring and the ladder and the belt is going to be. And like that, that, that does sounds sound pretty fun. good. I haven't really been uh, watching the show, but I'm going to watch that. Yeah, I haven't been watching the show. You know, Drew McIntyre is the champion now. I'm curious about like what would the crowd reactions yeah, be to what they're doing now? I think that having no crowd at this point is actually working to McIntyre's benefit yeah. because he's not all that interesting of a character. And I think the crowd would very quickly turn mm. on him if there was a crowd. But since there is none for this period of time, he can sort of build up this legacy for himself. He can maybe work on his character and develop it in some ways so that by the time the crowd does come back, um, you know, he's ready for them. 
I think, I think to so. I uh, think to his benefit also right. is that when crowds come back, they're going to be really happy to see wrestling, and they're going to be <laughs> really happy to see the new champion live. By the way, I think um, the the normal wrestling viewers agree with our assessment of you know the fact that the the matches with no crowd just don't really work because damn our ratings in the toilet. Uh, yes, for Raw and SmackDown. I think AEW is still going pretty it, it, strong. It, it right? dipped for a couple of weeks, but it bounced back. Yeah, because they've been running a good show, yeah. even without it the helps. Crowd. It helps to not suck if you want people to watch the thing that you make. Exactly. Make it, that thing be good. Yeah, you think more people in wrestling would get that, but they're so closed-minded. It is. That's one of the hardest things about making entertainment is that it's good things are good to watch, but hard. And then bad things are also hard to make. And but then you you don't want to watch them because they're not good. That's a thing that I think people don't really appreciate much about media. Bad things are also very hard to make. Uh, George Carlin wrote in one of his books. And he was joking, but his point is valid. He says, when I see a movie now, I don't bother myself with whether the movie is any good. I'm just impressed by the fact that hundreds of people showed up to a lot every day, cutting bagels and building sets and memorizing lines and in the lights and the cameras and getting it all together. And then a whole other team of people edited it and then they marketed it. And then I saw it. It would be selfish of me to take all of that and watch the movie and go, man, that sucked. I mean, I think the, (laughs) right. right? (laughs) I think the difference is though, once you set up all that machinery, if the reason why the thing you're producing is bad is just because it's like unoriginal and generic and you know, um, you can mass produce bad shit. Whereas good shit actually requires a lot of thought and effort to do it the one time. Yeah, that's true. That's (laughs) why there are eight police Academy movies and like one citizen Kane. Like, would you go see citizen Kane too? No, (laughs) I do. I do wonder like some, they're going to reboot police Academy. Eventually there's going to be some terrible movie Starring like Andy Samberg. Pete Davidson, yeah, <laughs> Pete Davidson right. and Andy Samberg. Yes, uh, it's coming. Like I don't, I just want them. I would rather them get it out of the way so I can stop being afraid of it. Um, but I will, say, this, I will say to to Doc's point, I'm pretty sure Gargano and Champa, you know, put their heart into this match. Oh, our like they worked as hard as they could to I make. I also it. like to point out that I realize our opinion is in the minority. People really like this stuff. Do they? Yeah. Did they? Because they like these guys. I mean, I like these guys to some extent too. But like, I'm not going to pretend that I didn't watch this and just continuously say to myself, "Man, this is dumb. This is so dumb." I I only saw bad okay. reviews, but I don't know. Oh, there you go. Um, uh, so this this has been I, even the kid. Uh, there's a student of mine who. Um, he actually wants to be on the show. Maybe maybe we'll have him. On well, we'll see. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Um, but uh, he's a big fan of these guys, yep. uh, especially Gargano. And even he didn't like it. So This has been Contesting Wrestling uh, mini-thode. Uh, if you enjoy what we do, you should check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash Contesting Wrestling. Yep. 
Uh, we make a whole extra episode uh, per week for five bucks a month. So that's an average of four episodes per month. And then if you don't want to do the full five bucks, we have a dollar tier where you get the main feed episodes a couple weeks in advance. Uh, before um, we completely wrap, I want to plug that uh, I have been in quarantine streaming on Twitch every day. Uh, I've been playing yes. mostly Super Mario Maker 2. It's been a lot of fun, usually late at night. Follow me at Doc Diamond Fire on Twitch. Also, our cohort, who has uh, taken a couple of episodes off just to recharge, uh, Katie Vela. She has also been streaming on Twitch. She streams Pokemon. Uh, her Twitch handle is Over Here Counting. And also, she was just a guest on the 20 Years of Nitro podcast. Uh, they wanted her on. And uh, yeah, that's very entertaining. You can find that in all major uh, podcast outlets. Um, uh, they watch Sold Out 97, an infamous show, and uh, one we're quite familiar with. Uh, so check that on out. And I just wanted to get those plugs in there before we wrapped up. Yep. All righty. This has been Contesting Wrestling. Thank you. We love you. Peace. Yep.